Today is May 26, 2021, and our first story. Dr. Anthony Fauci faces calls for his termination with the FIRED Act. Republicans saying that he should be terminated for flip-flopping after he's now admitted U.S. funding did go to gain-of-function research at the Wuhan lab, and the lab leak theory seems more and more plausible. In our next two stories, actually, there is a series of incidents where individuals hit protesters with their cars, crime is skyrocketing, and Black Lives Matter is backfiring. It's just getting worse. In Portland, crime, murder, up 800%. Before we get started, leave us a good review if you like the show. If you really like the show, share it with your friends. Give us five stars. Now, let's get into that first story. Republicans are calling for Dr. Anthony Fauci to be fired after the umpteen U-turns on COVID and its origins. The Daily Mail says he now tries to defend giving $600,000 to Wuhan lab to study how viruses can transmit from bats to humans before the COVID outbreak. This is, this is called gain-of-function research. The general idea behind it is that we manipulate viruses to make them more potent so that should something like this emerge in nature, we will know how to combat it. Well, Fauci denied this when questioned by Rand Paul. Now he's come out and said, well, we did provide money to one group. The money did find its way to the Wuhan lab. And the story is becoming more and more prominent. It's becoming more and more mainstream. Lab leak hypothesis now seems to be the most likely scenario as to how COVID ended up becoming a pandemic. This may be one of the biggest scandals in the history of the U.S. Hundreds of thousands dead. The U.S. providing funding, which made its way to these labs, and then the media lying, claiming it was was racist and it was a conspiracy theory. And only now, almost a year and a half after the emergence of this virus and the pandemic, are we learning what may be the true origins. Now, I must stress, we don't know the true origins, but it seems like the pieces are lining up. And at the very least, Fauci probably should leave his position. He should resign, if not potentially be fired. Why? Well, Fauci has been on every side of the argument. He has not been an effective leader. And that's it. You can like the guy. That's fine. But he said before, don't wear masks. Then he said, wear masks. Then he said, double masks are common sense. Then he said, there's no data suggesting double masks worked. Then he said to Rand Paul, when he was questioned under oath, we didn't provide funding for gain of function research. Then even PolitiFact said, well, they did. But he's arguing semantics. The man clearly is not an effective leader. That's where things get quite annoying. We can talk about lab leak, fine, but we don't know for sure. So what what should we do? Well, we should investigate. Donald Trump and Mike Pompeo launched an investigation and Joe Biden recently ended it. That was the big news that came out just the other day. Biden's administration quietly ended the investigation into the origins of COVID. Now, why would he do that? But then something changed. Another story today emerged saying Joe Biden calls for an investigation into the origin of COVID-19. So it sounds like he's just taking control and wants his own investigation. But unfortunately for us, that is still not true. According to the deputy White House press secretary, they're going to be relying on the World Health Organization and China to effectively investigate themselves. So the official investigation isn't going to be taking place. And the current investigation will be to assess the information from these groups. I wouldn't call that an investigation. It seems like Biden is just shutting it down. And that's irresponsible. But I can't say I'm surprised. Many people have lost faith 
Uh, or I, well, I shouldn't say it that way. I think a lot of people never had faith with Biden in the first place. But when I say a lot of people are losing faith, it's because in the past few months, Joe Biden's net approval has been going down, though it was never particularly high. His approval rating is on the decline. And now you have people questioning the narrative from the mainstream media, how it was it was racist to suggest that the virus may have come from the Wuhan lab. And now all of a sudden it's a plausible theory. Let's break down exactly what's going on, what Republicans are saying, what Biden is doing and what this means for support for the president. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com and become a member to get access to exclusive segments from the TimCast IRL podcast. But more importantly, when you're a member, you are providing us with resources to keep doing more of this. And we are hiring people. We are going to be doing shows on the ground. Journalism is coming soon. We're already taking pitches for many documentaries and, and field investigations. So we're going to be doing it. That's what your membership gets us and you. And as a member, you get access to, those exclusive, to that exclusive content. So don't forget to like this video, subscribe to this channel, and share this video. If you really support my work, that's the most powerful thing you can do. Let's jump into the story and see what Republicans are saying. The Daily Mail reports Republicans call for Dr. Fauci to be fired or resign after umpteen U-turns on COVID. They say House Rep Warren Davidson, a Republican from Ohio on Tuesday, proposed the FIRED Act, whose acronym stands for Fauci Incompetence Requires Early Dismissal. Bravo. <laughs> I got to give a, a round of applause for that acronym. Brilliant. Dr. Fauci is at odds with the CDC, Davidson told Fox News. He has repeatedly put political science ahead of the science on COVID-19. And that's true. Even the head of the CDC at one point said maybe lab leak makes sense. Republicans have criticized Fauci and other public health officials for telling the public to refrain from mask wearing in the early days of the pandemic before reversing the guidance as the case count increased nationwide last year. They say, Fauci's critics seized on comments he made uh, criticizing the decision by Republican governors of Texas and other states to lift mask mandates in March. At the time, Fauci, other epidemiologists and top Democrats, including President Joe Biden, blasted the decision as premature, though COVID-19 cases have continued to drop in those states as well as nationwide. House Rep Guy Reschenthaler, a Republican from Pennsylvania, told Fox News on Tuesday that the mixed messaging from Fauci was nothing new. He has been wrong, intentionally deceptive, and inconsistent throughout this entire pandemic. A few examples of Fauci's failures include claiming there was very little risk to Americans in January of 2020. I checked all this. It's true. He even said, go, go on a cruise. It's fine. Opposing Trump's China travel ban, then crediting it with saving lives and wrongly predicting an explosion of cases in Texas after Governor Abbott lifted the state mask mandates. It is long past time for Dr. Fauci to stop talking to the American public. Fauci should resign or be fired immediately. Earlier on Tuesday, Fauci defended the U.S. modest and very respectable funding of the Wuhan laboratory, which is now at the center of speculation as a possible source of the COVID-19 virus. Fauci, the head of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, appeared before a congressional budget committee on Tuesday. He defended allocating $600,000 to a group called EcoHealth Alliance, which then paid the Wuhan Institute of Virology to study the risk that bat coronaviruses could infect humans. Under the terms of the funding, the money could not be spent on gain of function research, a controversial practice which explores how viruses mutate and become more transmissible or more dangerous. Fauci said the research was essential 
pointing out that the SARS outbreak in the early 2000s was eventually traced back to bats. Now, I want to stress, they say the money could not be spent on gain of function. But so this is why I'm very careful with the language. It's not that Fauci funded gain of function research directly. I want to be very careful here because they use that phrasing to claim, ah, we didn't do that. No, what happened was Fauci provided funding to a group. The group provided funding. That funding went to gain of function research. So Fauci provided funding, which was used for gain of function research. I think it's fair and important to, to draw that distinction because it seems more like what we're dealing with is incompetence, negligence, and failure to accept responsibility for what we, the United States government, did, or I should say what Fauci and, you know, he did in his role. Quote, I would have been almost a dereliction of duty, it would have been, if we didn't study this. And the only way you can study these things is you've got to go where the action is, he said. You don't want to study bats in Fairfax County, Virginia, to find out what the animal-human interface is that might lead to a jumping of species. So we had a modest collaboration with very respectable Chinese scientists who were world experts on coronavirus. And we did that through a subgrant from a larger grant to EcoHealth. So it sounds like Fauci knew they were doing gain of function research. He added the larger grant was about $600,000 over a period of five years. So it was a modest amount. The purpose of it was to study the animal human interface, to do surveillance and to determine if these bat viruses were even capable of infecting humans. Where was Fauci last year when he was saying it wasn't true? Sounds like many people in the government knew there was a strong possibility that it was their research and a failure of standards at the Wuhan lab, which led to the outbreak. I think Fauci should be fired. Francis Collins, director of NIH, had said earlier in the hearing that the American taxpayer money that went to the Wuhan Institute of Virology was not approved to conduct gain of function research. Funding by the U.S. government of research in Wuhan has become immensely controversial. On May 10th, Tucker Carlson used his Fox News show to question the deadly experiments that were going on there. The following day, Rand Paul grilled Fauci about the funding, which was reinstated with a different grant in August, NPR reported. After another earlier grant was blocked in April 2020 amid concern over safety at the Wuhan lab, Paul insisted that the money was being used for gain of function research. Fauci insisted it was not. You are entirely and completely incorrect, Fauci told Paul. The NIH has not ever and does not now fund gain of function research in the, in the Wuhan Institute. That is semantics. They didn't want to directly fund by their own statements, whether you trust them or not, but the money did go to this place. Now, here's where it gets weird. Fox News reports Biden's State Department quietly ended team's work probing COVID origin. Investigation was examining if virus stemmed from from a leak from Wuhan Institute of Virology. Let me lay out a very simple timeline for you. We learned about COVID in January of last year, I would say in the mainstream. We started seeing these reports out of Wuhan and these lockdowns. Many people were concerned. I did reports on it. For this, I was demonetized. YouTube put restrictions on my content. Eventually, they realized this was likely going to spread to the US and to Europe and other countries, and it was going to be bad. Then all of a sudden, YouTube said, OK, now you can talk about it. But let me give you the timeline. Let me, let me, let, we'll, we'll talk about the politics and the censorship. It would seem, according to the Wall Street Journal and several other reports, there was an investigation done by the US, which found in November of 2019, three individuals from the Wuhan lab were hospitalized with some illness. Previous reports talked about people at the Wuhan lab who had either been bitten by a bat or peed on by a bat. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S.? 
with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S., they have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. When the COVID outbreak started, the initial hypothesis we were told was that it emerged from a wet market. Now, that's plausible. It is, especially for most of us who are not deep in the weeds on gain of function research and Wuhan labs. But as I always said, I think it's plausible. Like lab leak was certainly out there and I reported on this, but many people were saying it was likely the wet market. And I said, listen, if you come to me and say there's unsanitary conditions and people have these, these animals are being sold out in the open. Dude, that really is a likely, <laughs> it's a possibility the virus emerges from there. I'm willing to accept that, that conclusion, but I still think it's important we talk about the fact that the Wuhan lab was like across the street, but we didn't know. And to be fair, we still don't. But this is where things get bad. Now it, it turns out that there was a report that said people got sick and they were hospitalized working in the Wuhan lab. There were numerous reports going back years that suggested security, biosecurity for the Wuhan lab was subpar. And it was only a matter of time before something like this could happen. This should have been more prominent. Instead, what did we get? In a new thread from Drew Holden, he said the COVID, pan that, that the COVID pandemic could have leaked from a lab in Wuhan went from terrible racist conspiracy theory to plausible overnight for the mainstream media without a shred of accountability. If you don't believe me, look at these stories. Now, we'll jump back to this, but that's an important point. At the time, you were, you were a fringe conspiracy theorist. PolitiFact was debunking Tucker Carlson. They were debunking Nobel laureates who were making these claims. Now it seems it's the most likely. Check this out. The Fox News story about Joe Biden ending the team's work probing the COVID origin. Ground.news, I use their browser extension, shows you that while Fox News is biased to the right, they say across 20 sources, you are, it is overwhelmingly the right that is covering this story. What does that mean? Only 13% of the stories are from left-wing sources. 75% of the news outlets tracked by Ground News that are covering Biden ending the investigation are right-wing sources. But then we have this story from the New York Times. Not many others are covering this. It's breaking news. Biden calls for U.S. intelligence agencies to redouble investigative effort into the origins of the virus. It sounds like Joe Biden wants to get to the, to the root of this. I disagree. It seems like Joe Biden's shutting down the legitimate investigation launched by, launched by the State Department and now just calling for a review of existing information and trust of the World Health Organization and China. The Daily Caller tweets, Jean-Pierre, quote, 
we're just going to continue to work with the World Health Organization. And the World Health Organization is going to continue to work with China on this, on the probe into the origin of COVID. The journalist asks, why do we think that China would cooperate? Jean-Pierre, deputy press secretary, says this is something that you have to ask the Chinese government. So there it is. Fox News reports the Biden State Department ended an inquiry into the origins of the COVID-19 pandemic that was investigating whether the virus stemmed from a leak out of the Wuhan Institute of Virology. The Biden administration terminated the inquiry, which was being led out of the State Department's Arms Control and Verification Bureau and initially launched at the request of former Trump Secretary of State Mike Pompeo after being briefed on the team's initial findings in February and March. State Department spokesman Ned Price on Tuesday denied shutting down the inquiry. Quote, there has been incorrect reporting that the Biden-Harris administration shut down an investigation by the State Department's Bureau of Arms Control and Verification into the origins of the COVID-19 pandemic. He said the team's work ended after delivering a report in February and March, adding that all relevant parts of the department continue to work with the interagency on this matter. The world continues to have serious questions about the earliest days of COVID-19, including its origins within the People's Republic of China. China's position that their part in this investigation is complete is disappointing and at odds with the rest of the international community that is working collaboratively across the board to bring an end to this pandemic and improve global health security. The lab origin theory is very possible and China must be held to account. Former Assistant Secretary of State for International Security and Non-Proliferation Chris Ford told Fox News. Ford said he found out this past December about the AVC investigation, which had been kept secret from him and bypassed department and intelligence community biological experts. He said the team had been told not to share its work with him or the intelligence community. I had procedural concerns and structural concerns. A State, State Department official earlier told Fox News that Secretary of State Antony Blinken did not disband any cell looking into the origins of COVID-19 and that the department only employed a single contractor who was conducting research on several topics, including coronavirus. That contractor, according to the official, left the State Department before Blinken's confirmation. The Biden administration investigation into the origins of the coronavirus pandemic is currently being led out of the White House National Security Council. Fox News has learned that David Asher was the contractor leading the investigation. Asher has a history of investigative work tracking money for the AQ Khan network, North Korea's nuclear program, and top al-Qaeda leaders, but has fallen under scrutiny from former State Department officials. In a statement to Fox, Asher defended the investigation and said that at the time, some State Department colleagues were deliberately playing down possible links to China's biological weapons program. It is U.S. law to engage in effective arms control and nonproliferation, not facilitate it via a scientific cooperation in the name of the threat, threat reduction or refusal to engage in ineffective, in effective compliance with communist countries that openly aim to incorporate synthetic biology into future warfare. Let's slow down a minute. Fox says, Biden's State Department quietly ended team's work into probing the COVID origin, and they say they've confirmed this. What it sounds like is there was a specific group working on this, and they were taken off of it, but the Biden administration is shifting the investigation elsewhere, and that's what we're learning from the New York Times. I wonder what that's really about when we then learn that we're just going to have to ask China if we trust them. It's very confusing, and it's very strange but there's not much more I can say about it. We don't know. I don't know what the Biden administration's plan is. Uh, the Fox News story continues saying, David Fife, 
a former State Department official during the Trump administration was part of a small team working with Asher on the COVID origins. Fife this week underscored the importance of learning how it originated. They say Fife through Fife, though, said there has been a terrible failure for 15 months on the part of the public and the U.S. government to recognize the plausibility of the lab leak possibility. The White House has criticized the WHO and China for its phase one report for its lack of transparency. The report called the prospect of the virus transmitted from an animal reservoir to an animal host, followed by subsequent spread within that intermediate host, then transmits to human, likely to very likely. It also said the idea that the virus may have leaked from the Wuhan Institute of Virology extremely unlikely. The report called for further investigation in every area except the lab leak hypothesis. The story from Fox News is long, but it concludes. A spokesperson for EcoHealth told Fox Business on Tuesday that it's found that it's funding from the NIH is frozen with no guidance on when it will be unfrozen. So while Fox News has reported that they've ended this, it still sounds like they're talking about Biden continuing it. But again, to stress, it seems like what it means for them to continue this investigation is we're going to rely on the World Health Organization. The New York Times reports President Biden on Wednesday asked U.S. intelligence agencies to redouble their efforts to determine the origins of the coronavirus, saying in a statement that he was calling for a broad government report that incorporated findings from American labs and other federal agencies on whether the virus was accidentally leaked from a lab or transmitted by an animal to humans. This is where I find it very, very interesting. They say he asked intelligence officials to report back to him in 90 days. In the other story from Fox News, they say that the initial inquiry in the State Department started by Trump bypassed the intelligence community. Could it be that Donald Trump did not trust the IC in this investigation and gave the task to someone else to keep under wraps? And then when Trump did not get reelected and Joe Biden did, Biden then ended that probe and handed it off to the IC. So perhaps there's still an investigation, but it comes down to perhaps who you trust. Do you trust the intelligence agencies or do you trust Donald Trump's non-proliferation team at the State Department? Perhaps it doesn't matter. It's political. Maybe it'll always be political. In the end, I think the biggest problem we have is the media and their unwillingness to just report fact-based news. They say it's debunked because their experts say it's debunked, but they ignore other experts. And thus, we're in this bind where we're just left confused and holding the bag. At the very least, Anthony Fauci should probably be fired. I think that's fair to say. I want to show you this, this, this uh, thread from Drew Holden, because, of course, I can give you the news and read these reports and try and break them down. But what's a Tim Cast segment without some media criticism, right? Drew Holden says, you may remember that much of the really bad coverage was focused on Senator Tom Cotton's suggestion that we better understand the potential for a lab leak from Wuhan. The difference in framing here from the New York Times between May 20 and May 21 is stark. In one story, they said Senator Tom Cotton repeats fringe theory of coronavirus origins. Then they said another group of scientists calls for further inquiry into origins of COVID. Drew says it wasn't just New York Times. There's a lot of ammo from CNN, too. Not even two months ago, they ran a piece writing off lab theory as something like out of a comic book. Yesterday, the tone had changed without any reference to their own role in the previous debate. In the first story, they said lab leak COVID-19 theory is like something out of a comic book, virologists say. Now they say new information on Wuhan researchers' illness further debate the pandemic origins. He says if you go back further, CNN's coverage gets even worse. Early in 2020, they ran CCP talking points, the Chinese Communist Party, suggesting it was all a political tactic based on disinformation. A little over a year later, CNN is asking the same questions President Trump and his team were panned for. Chris Eliza, 
has been a key voice for CNN on this. In February 2020, he cited a CNN fact checker who concluded, you can, you can say that that you can say that didn't happen about lab leak. Yesterday, he seemed baffled that Dr. Fauci wasn't entirely on his side anymore. So much for trust the science. He says, why is Anthony Fauci hedging on the origins of the coronavirus? Jerome says, I can't say it enough. In early 2020, Washington Post accused Tom Cotton of fanning the embers of conspiracy theory repeatedly debunked by experts. We know that's not true. Politico, it goes on. And I did reference this thread before, but it, it bears repeating just to a certain degree if you haven't already seen it. Now, I want to bring you to what this means for Joe Biden's support. Over the past few months, what little support Joe Biden had has teetered on the brink of zero. What we have here is civics. Do you approve or disapprove of the way Joe Biden is handling his job as president? Now, if we go back to January 20th, as Joe Biden entered, he had 5% net approval. That means there is a decent amount that disapprove and slightly more that do approve. Over time, we saw it drop rather dramatically. I mean, from five to zero, even going down to negative one on March 5th, it floated back up to zero and then has floated around zero, reaching as high as 2% on April 22nd. And today, Joe Biden's net, per, net, net approval is at zero and was previously at minus one. If we look at the trend line, we can see that Joe Biden has had 47% approval, 47% disapproval, and 6% neither approve nor disapprove. I will also state that it seems like the power might be about to go out as I'm recording this, so we'll see what happens. I think Joe Biden has done a bad job. I think he's flip-flopped quite a bit, and we don't know necessarily if, we, if he's doing the right thing. I think it's probably a bad idea to have ended one investigation and shift the, shift the investigation to the IC. If that's what's happening, it seems to be the case. I think what we need is more investigations and more resources put into this so we can understand what really happened. Those who made these mistakes, fine, people make mistakes, but they need to be held accountable. If it was a mistake for Dr. Fauci, he need only say, we didn't expect for this to happen. It was an error and we can know. How do we solve the problem unless we know? And that's one of the biggest problems we face, a lack of accountability. Does anybody really want on the Democrat side to go after Fauci? Probably not. Republicans, of course they do. It's all political theater. I think there is a problem that, that arises from all of this in that in the end, we will just get political tribalism tearing this country apart. I want to show you this next story, which is a bit off topic, but I still think is important to discuss in, the, in reference to Joe Biden's leadership, whether or not Fauci should be fired, what Republicans are doing. Time.com next advisor says, these are the 23 states ending extra unemployment benefits early and when. Now, I know this is very little to do with the Wuhan lab or the virus, but it shows you that while Joe Biden has been consistently advocating for one policy measure, Republicans have been at odds with him. Seems like Joe Biden is only really representing blue states. Joe Biden wants to extend the unemployment benefits $300 for some time. Many people suspect that this is causing economic crisis. It's resulting in people not wanting to work. And it's not just fast food restaurants. Republicans don't want this. So the 23 states are now rejecting the federal unemployment benefits, which means people in these states will have to start working again if they want money. The Democrats want one plan. The Republicans want another. And this seems to be hyperpolarization reaching a very serious escalation. When it comes to COVID, Texas and Florida, of course, have reopened, and they've been reopened for, reopened for some time, and we saw Texas doing well. 
As they noted in these other stories, there was no explanation from Fauci as to why Texas wasn't seeing these very serious problems, even though they ended their mask mandates. Florida as well. There was no answer. Yet Biden still came out and said, we likely need mask mandates. We likely need further restrictions moving forward. Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Tim Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Who is he speaking to? Blue states. And thus, with this investigation into the Wuhan lab, we can see the investigation started by Trump is, is halted. And then the investigation by Biden and those he trusts carries on. I don't like the game. I don't like it. We need to take this seriously. We need to end the hyperpartisanship, but I don't know how you do it. Biden obviously did not trust the people working on the investigation for Trump. Trump clearly did not trust the, the intelligence community, some of whom were very much opposed to him. This level of distrust shows at the highest level, our country is fractured in a very dangerous way. I think it should be clear to anybody. Fauci has done a bad job. What do we get, however? Well, the left only reads certain news stories. The right tends to read certain news stories and certain outlets, and then no one can agree on what reality is. But this should be evidence for you, please. Right now, Republicans are calling for Fauci to be fired. Please share stories like this with people on the left who don't read news from conservatives. As I showed you, ground.news shows how the Fox News story is on Biden's State Department ending the State Department's work investigating the COVID origin is overwhelmingly being reported by the right. Let's pull up the full coverage from ground.news. And you can see the furthest left source covering the story that, that Biden ended the State Department was CNN. I'm, I'm sorry, Biden ended the State Department investigation was CNN. Take a look at this. The New York Post, as a center-right outlet reporting at Hot Air and Spectator USA, report this. Even the Gateway Pundit, Twitchy, and SeanHennedy.com. But there are no leftist organizations covering this. The furthest left they get is CNN, which Ground News says is a left organization. This means this will be a huge blind spot for people on the left who will only see the story from the New York Times saying that Biden is doubling, redoubling his investigation. And even those on the right might not see the New York Times, which when you look at both stories, the conclusion seems to be fairly easy to understand. Joe Biden is taking away the investigation from those Trump trusted and giving it to the intelligence community whom he trusts. Ground News is great, by the way. This is not a sponsor spot, but it's great that they're breaking this down and helping you understand the hyper partisanship of this country. 
So this is, this is the kind of thing you need to share with people so they can understand what's happening. Because people on the left won't know this is happening. So what happens is a conservative will say, do you see Joe Biden ended the investigation? They'll say, what are you talking about? He doubled the investigation. He's working hard on this. Conservatives who don't read the New York Times won't know. And liberals and leftists who don't read right wing news won't know either. Here's the big difference. As I've noted several times, conservatives still tend to read mainstream media. And you have The Hill and Forbes covering this story as well, which means while conservatives likely will still read the New York Times, they're probably going to hear both versions of this. And those that are willing to watch my videos and share them will likely see both stories and get a better understanding of what's going on with the investigation into lab leak and why Fauci should probably probably be let go. But those on the left don't. They don't watch conservative news. They don't read conservative news. They overwhelmingly just get their news from leftist sources. They think CNN is good enough. To be fair, CNN did report this. But what about those that are further left progressives, those that read, say, Slate.com, Truth Dig, or things like that? They're not going to know anything about it. They're just going to see Joe Biden as the good guy who's doing the right thing, and they're not going to understand the fractures that run so deep. And then you'll see it on Twitter. Progressives who are shocked and confused by rhetoric around cold civil wars and political fracturing because they don't read the National Review, because they don't read the New York Post, because they don't read the Daily Caller. But people who read the Daily Caller still do read CNN. They don't like CNN. They think CNN's lying. But that's one of the biggest problems we face in this country. Anyway, back to the point. Fauci's been a disaster. And I think it's about time he's been called out and he's been fired. Joe Biden will not fire him. This bill likely will not pass. And in the end, Fauci will keep providing bad information. Talk to your doctor about what's right for you. And if you don't like him, get a second opinion. But don't get your word from TV doctors. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. Yesterday was the anniversary of the death of George Floyd, and obviously we saw protests around the country. Many of them were small, but we still did get a riot in Portland. I don't think anyone's surprised to hear that. And we did see a driver injuring two protesters on the Brooklyn Bridge. An NYPD vehicle sideswipes another. Now, this shouldn't be surprising to anybody. I honestly don't even know what's the point of reporting it, doing a segment where I'm like, oh, hey, look, protesters marched and rioters threw bricks and started fires. And and then somebody got hit on a bridge because they were marching in the street. And it feels like the 800th time I've done a story talking about this. But there is something funny that comes after the news, and it's a report from Axios, which which strikes at the heart of media bias and the ramifications for what all of these protests have accomplished. And maybe I shouldn't say accomplished because it makes it sound like something good happened. But uh, no, something bad happened. Suburb, suburbs arrest rates surpass urban rates. This I find hilarious. They mentioned that in the suburbs, you know, cops are arresting more people. Unlike in the cities, which is just a shame and progress isn't. I kid you not. They say it's it's progress in the cities that crime is skyrocketing and police aren't making arrests anymore. No, that's the results of things like this. People going in the streets and marching on the Brooklyn Bridge. I remember when people marched on the Brooklyn Bridge and they got arrested for doing it. But we're at a point now where the political push from the left is, well, effective. They get what they want policy wise. And then you have 
there's a twofold problem. The media bias where they lie to defend these people, which results in more policy changes, which negatively impact everybody. But the media also fueling the bias when these organizations write fake news like it's it's not progress. You know, it's a shame that cops in the suburbs are actually arresting people that frames things. And it makes people in these areas think maybe cops shouldn't be enforcing the law. But then you look at the flight from the cities because the massive increase in crime and it's a, it's 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 a loop. It's, a, it's an endless spiral. It's only going to uh, get worse so, uh, on, up and until we actually can break through the media bias and start calling it out for what it is, for, so w- which is why in my segment yesterday on my main channel, I said, call these things no go zones. George Floyd Square, it's a no go zone. 30 plus shots ring out. Don't use the language of the biased. Don't use the language of the media. George Floyd Square, shut up. Okay, this is a dangerous area where they've barricaded it off. The police can't get in. There's gunshots, people getting hurt and shot at, and locals are complaining about it. A dude, a, a medic, a, a medical, I don't know if he was an actual medic, but someone who was uh, there to, to treat people, he got shot and killed. And then you look at the Chaz, and they call it an autonomous zone. Don't call it that. That's what Antifa calls it. Call it a no-go zone. Why? Look, I'm trying not to be biased. You look up the definition of a no-go zone, that's it. But if you keep playing the game where you use the definitions of the extremists, then you are framing things the way they want. Anyway, I digress. I'm going to give a shout out to Ground.News. I don't take a lot of sponsors in this channel. Most of you know that almost never directly sponsor, uh, taking sponsors, sponsorships from anybody. But look at this. I pull up this story. Driver injures two protesters on Brooklyn Bridge. NYPD vehicle sideswipes another. And I'm using the Ground.News browser extension, which show, it shows me many of the outlets, as many as they, 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 can, they can catalog, the outlets that are reporting this news. And as you can see, 100% of the news outlets that are reporting what happened on the Brooklyn Bridge are from the left. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that literally every, every uh, you know, uh, organization that wrote about this is on the left. It's just what Ground News is tracking. But I do think this is a fantastic service. Look, the media is obviously biased. And I think one of the coolest things about Ground News is their blind spot feature. So I've recently started using their app. Go to ground.news slash Tim Pool. Download the app. Get the browser extension. No joke. I, this is awesome. Okay, so I'm going to I'm going to be using this now uh, in, me- in many of my videos to show you the bias. Why is it that only left wing outlets are reporting on this? Well, probably because they're taking it as a slight against them. But we also have another story, the Portland riot, Portland uh, police declare riot, make multiple arrests in Portland right over at Ground Not News. They actually show you all of these different outlets that are reporting on this, how they're reporting on it. Look at this time and location. Who, which countries are reporting on this? So you got Canada and the United States. And then they, they even show you the time things were posted. Who posted it first? My Northwest 14 hours ago and these other outlets. This is, this is red. Check this out. Bias distribution. 10 of these news sources are bias rated for our center. That's fantastic. They say the Gateway Pundit is far right. Maybe you, you, you don't like necessarily how they, how, they, how they rate things, but you can see that NBC, what is this? NBC News is left. I'm take their word for it. So uh, it's absolutely fantastic. Go to ground.news slash Tim Pool and you can download this app. And uh, I'm stoked that they wanted to sponsor the channel because I, I genuinely think this is a, a great service. This is what's going to do. When you're reading the news, 
you might see a story about, I th- there was one about like Rand Paul, and I'm, I'm looking at, I'm reading the news about Rand Paul getting physically attacked, and I'm like, this should be major news. I'm, I'm sorry, not, not physically attacked, it was the, the, the guy cheering for it, basically celebrating his attacker. I'm like, this should be huge news. And then you can see that it was almost exclusively being reported by the right. Share this with your family. Because whenever you're showing them a story, if they're like, I heard, you know, Fauci said this or Biden said this, be like, look, that's only coming from the left. You're not seeing what the right is is seeing. And so you don't have to agree with them, but you can at least understand what you're not getting news wise. Because if there's a story where it's only reported by the right, you could be like, I bet you didn't see this story. And that's really cool that Ground Not News breaks that down. So, so definitely check it out. And as I said, you're going to see this, 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 uh, the, the, the extension for Ground Not News in the top bar. Ground out news slash Tim Pool. Check it out. Let's just get into the news. Look, this sponsor works perfectly for me. So I'm like probably the longest sponsor spot just because I genuinely think it's fantastic. And I and what do I do on this channel and all my other channels rag on the media for their bias for fueling this chaos and making everything worse. And I'm going to show you. <laughs> okay, look, driver injures two protests on the Brooklyn Bridge. Riots in Portland. Portland in flames again. BLM rioters hurl frozen bottles at police, launch fireworks, torch dumpsters as city descends into chaos on the anniversary of George Floyd's death. And you can see, interestingly, what's coming from uh, out of the Portland story is actually fairly balanced. You've got a bunch of different center right and right wing outlets and left wing outlets, as well as centrist outlets reporting on this riot. And you can see everybody should be getting this information. But not everybody does, because even though we can see that the bias distribution is 30 percent left, 40 percent center, 30 percent right, the people who only watch far left news are not going to get it. So, so take a look at this. You got to even read deeper. So there's a riot in Portland. I don't know what else you want me to say about it because it happens all the time and I'm upset that things don't get done about it. But here's a perfect example of why many people on the left don't know and don't understand Antifa and don't understand the violence and don't understand the chaos. When, when you see that they say my Northwest is center right, Fox News is right wing, and Gateway Pundit is the furthest right. I don't know if that's necessarily far right, but the furthest right. That means on the right, to every degree that you could move right, people are going to be seeing this story or the opportunity to see it. But when you look at the the left and the far left, they're not covering this at all. It's just center left news outlets that are covering this, which means the people who are like leftist DSA types, they don't read this stuff. So that's when you can say, hey, maybe we should share this in this direction. Let me show you how this bias manifests. I love it. From Axios. Now, this is only you can see the extension says not enough publications have reported on this. So only Axios is reporting this news. They say suburbs arrest rates surpass urban cities. Check this out. Suburban cities saw a higher arrest rate than urban cities, despite having substantially fewer violent crime arrests, according to a new finding from a policy group that monitors criminal justice and racial disparities. Did you catch that? Let me just state it again. Suburban cities saw a higher arrest rate, despite having substantially fewer violent crime arrests. (gasps) Could it be? That when you actually take care of low level crime, you actually stop crime from escalating? Maybe. Here's what they say. Why it matters. The findings released Wednesday by the Vera Institute of Justice suggest suburban cities are making less progress around policing while bigger cities adopt reforms. Are you kidding me with this? By the numbers. 
In 2016, for the first time in U.S. history, arrest rates in suburban cities were higher than those in principal cities with populations greater than 50,000. The Vera Institute of Justice interactive arrest trends tool revealed. Could it be that cops are defunded and demoralized and aren't actually doing work anymore in these cities? Since 2000, the number of arrests of both black and white people in principal cities dropped substantially by more than 35% each, the organization found. But in suburban areas during the same period, the number of arrests of white people dropped by nearly 24%, while arrests of black people increased by 2.6%. Nationally, black people are arrested at more than twice the rate of white people. Over the past 20 years, the U.S. has seen a 20% decrease in overall arrest rate, lower rates of racial disparities in arrests, and lower youth arrest rates. And there they say it. Things have actually greatly improved in this country. But you see, the big problem with these people is that they can't view anything outside of a racial lens. And so when you see they're like, arrests for white people are down, could there be a different correlation here? Could it be historical poverty? Could it be wealth disparities? Yes, that's what the data shows. It's not race, it's poverty. Why? How do I know this? Well, first of all, I have anecdotal evidence, which is fairly meaningless, but I grew up on the south side of Chicago. Hey, guess what? Bunch of white people complaining about police brutality, a bunch of white people getting their doors kicked in by cops and being treated like crap because they're just not rich. They can't defend themselves. Bunch of white people being forced to take plea deals to, and go to jail. Bunch of white people in gangs. Poverty. Now, I understand the idea of historical wealth and poverty. I've done documentaries on it. But the problem is you get these leftists, they look at this and the only thing they can see is race and thus they don't solve the problem. So then you get the shocking and sad reality. They're not smart enough to understand the data before them. And they frame it in such a way that they say it's less progress when police are, are enforcing the law. Can I show you this? You want to know what perpetuates historical poverty? Murder, crime, death, property, crime. Murders are rising the most in a few isolated precincts in major cities. It's, it's, it's a shameful spiral, man. It's, it's, it's sad. And I blame Black Lives Matter. They say murder wave in U.S. cities is hitting typically poor neighborhoods, typically black and Hispanic. Do you understand now? Crabs in a barrel. Sort of. You've got people in poor areas trying to fight their way out. But poverty breeds crime. And these high crime areas where the police don't go anymore, they're not policing in here, they're not making the arrests. Crime is going up. They're not they're, they're not going in anymore because people are complaining and it perpetuates inequality. And maybe that's what these progressives want, because then they can say, see racism, vote for me. If the cops don't go to these neighborhoods and don't stop crime and don't arrest criminals and don't help keep these places safe, crime gets worse. Historical poverty gets worse in the suburbs where the police are making arrests for lower level crimes. You don't get the higher level crimes and thus people then build wealth. You know, it's, it's, it's a shame that it has to be a partisan left or right thing that many of these leftists don't understand that they're advocating for something that is going to make things worse. These well-to-do liberals who live in these suburbs, who, who are more than happy to be like, yeah, the cops are bad, get rid of them. And then you're like, bro, you're going to make things worse for these people. You are making things worse for these people. And they're like, so long as it's not in my backyard. Axios goes on to say, between the lines, it appears the worsening racial inequity 
in arrests in suburban cities is being driven by disproportionate arrests of black people for less serious offenses. The difference between police treatment of black people and white people in suburban cities continues to worsen just as suburbs become more diverse with a growing black and Latino middle class. But suburban cities are slower to diversify police departments like larger cities where black and Latinos are more politically organized. And sure, it would be absurd of me to, to act like racism doesn't exist or that cops can't be racist. Of course they can be. Absolutely they can be. And many probably are. But they overlook what one of the biggest aspects of, of, of what's happening. They overlook poverty and class issues. Why? Well, I think there is a an interest of the establishment elites in making sure that, you know, Oprah is is oppressed and a homeless white veteran is the oppressor. They don't want Occupy Wall Street coming for their money. They don't want Wall Street bets going for the short squeeze to, to strip funds money from these hedge funds. They don't want Bitcoin supporters to break from the system. They want you to be fighting with each other on the basis of race, which has very little bearing on whether or not you actually have power in this country. And isn't it crazy to say that? Because everything the left says is that race is everything and white privilege. And I'm just like, Will Smith has 100 million times more political power than you or I. That dude's got money. He can pay. He can buy. He can influence. Okay, to be fair. Hollywood is under siege, covertly compromised by a global adversary. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream to the world is now making nightmares a reality. The American way of life is being censored by the Chinese Communist Party. Some films have scenes completely altered. Other films have lost their funding or been canceled altogether. Some actors have been banned from China for supporting human rights. Hollywood Takeover is a documentary brought to you by the Epoch Times, revealing how the CCP has infiltrated major movie studios. Join Chris Fenton, a former Hollywood executive, and Tiffany Meyer, an investigative news reporter, through their journey in exposing how the film industry gradually lost its integrity on its path to profits. Don't miss the most important documentary ever made about Hollywood. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free on HollywoodTakeover.com Tim. That's HollywoodTakeover.com slash T-I-M. I've got a political show with a lot of viewers, so there's a lot of political influence in there. I can, I, can, I can recognize that. But come on, Oprah oppressed? Serena Williams oppressed? That's just not true. I understand there's racism. I understand there's historical poverty, which is tied to racism. And we've been fighting tooth and nail for decades to stop that. We've been doing a pretty good job of it. Redlining and blockbusting. Hey, it's illegal. There's still remnants of this, and we're fighting to stop it. And we've come to a point now where we've made it illegal. Hey, you can't discriminate on the basis of race. Now we need to target class. Now we need to say, okay, now that race is no longer a factor because it's literally illegal to discriminate for these reasons. Now we need to make sure by going out, by, by targeting class-based issues, providing resources, education, safety, a police department, well-funded police with good training, a fire department to these areas, we can then lift them up, education especially. We don't get that. We get Black Lives Matter activists, people who have multiple homes and well-to-do liberals advocating for removing the police, which results in more crime, with more violence, more death, riots, and then you get more poverty. How is it helping the black community when Antifa goes to poor neighborhoods and smashes things up? To be fair, they went to the Mag Mile in Chicago. You know, it's a wealthy shopping area and smashed things up that I get. And they started going into neighborhoods 
What does that prove? Or in Atlanta when they smashed up black owned businesses or when that video of Antifa, these two white women are spray painting on a building and two black women are like, yo, what are you doing? Like, get out of our neighborhood. And I'm like, yes, it's these uppity well-to-do liberals that they look at the surface and, and then these women are like, we're helping you. We're helping. How is it helping when these people in Portland hurl projectiles at cops? Who is that helping? It's not helping anybody. And now there's, 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 I think there's two lawsuits in Portland. No, I'm sorry. No, I think it's in, in Seattle. Because of the, the far left terrorist no-go zone that was set up called the CHAZ, the CHOP, the police wouldn't go in. And then people got shot and killed. And the security there shot and killed other people. Is that how you want to live? Is that how you want other people to live? Apparently, that's, that, that's what, what they're going for. How do we break through this? Well, I mean it sincerely when I say we need to shuffle through media bias. You need to be aware of these stories and who's reporting it and who's, who, who's not reporting it. Surprise, surprise. Everyone on the right has an interest in reporting the Portland riot. The center has an interest in reporting the Portland riot. But the left and the far left have ignored the story. Not completely. I'm not saying ground news is absolute. But you can see in their distribution, left and far left don't talk about this stuff. So what happens? I see a post on Facebook and they're like, Antifa isn't a real thing. Everyone should be anti-fascist. And I'm like, yeah, because you read Slate and Slate won't tell you they're going around smashing up black owned businesses because you read these news outlets that don't cover this because it makes them look bad. Maybe it's true of conservatives, you know, but I think they'll still cover the news, but they'll be biased. You know, a right wing news outlet will talk about the Capitol. They'll talk about what's happening with it, but they'll frame it in a way that's more beneficial. So at least conservatives know about it. And this right here, this bias distribution might be at ground.news might be the best way to understand one of the one of the one of the biggest aspects of the problem here. How is it that I can have Michael Knowles on Timcast IRL, who's very conservative and we disagree in a whole lot? But we can have a conversation, a cordial conversation, where we agree on so much. And it's because every level of the center to the right are interested in talking about the news, whether it's for or against. But the left doesn't want to do that. Now, what's interesting is I will say, if you look at the bias distribution for the vehicle pushing through the protests, you can see that ground, hasn't, ground news hasn't tracked right wing sources. So um, for one, it's not absolute. It's not only the, the right that's talking about everything, but there's been other studies that have shown liberals only get their news from liberal sources and conservatives get their news from both, but mostly conservative sources. Moderates get their news from both, but mostly liberal sources. And it makes sense. The news you get affects your worldview. If you don't know what happened, how can you be for or against it? I will, I will state, you know, when I look at this vehicle pushes through protesters, they say the right hasn't covered it. I do find that surprising. And maybe it's just a matter of time until conservatives are like, you know, car pushes through protesters. But when you think about this, this is a story that frames the protesters as the victims. So I'm not surprised you're not getting the right talking about it. And I'm not surprised you got the Daily Beast left sources and, and NBC and all these other left outlets absolutely talking about it. Oh, no, the poor protesters. It's the meme I see. They're like, they, they, they say, oh, all of these Republicans are passing bills that allow pro- people to run protesters over. And it's just not true. The anti-riot laws allow people legal immunity if they are fleeing while under attack. It's very different. In this circumstance, 
They say a driver is accused of pushing through protesters on the Brooklyn Bridge and injuring three people. Well, people shouldn't be blocking streets. And then what happens is we've seen it in New York. We've seen it in, in Seattle. People bang on the cars and they threaten. In Portland, they smashed out the windows. So yeah, I'm not surprised someone's going to be like, I'm out. And all they did was push through. But of course, the left always frames this like the apocalypse, like they're being run over and oh no, and they, they liken it to Charlottesville or something like that. We need to find a way to break through the bias, to allow people to see the blind spots. So it's just convenient for me that Ground.News wanted to sponsor the channel and they, they provide this service. But it's really sad that, you know, crime is getting worse in these minority neighborhoods. And it's the fault of Black Lives Matter. And then the media acts like it is not like it's like it's progress. The suburbs are safe. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez said she wants police in cities to act like police in suburbs. She said, remember, she was like, I think policing looks like the suburbs in the suburbs. They're arresting more people for 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 lower level crimes. And thus, they're not seeing an escalation in that crime. Okay, go for it. But you've demonized, defunded and disbanded in some instances, your police departments. It's no surprise things are getting worse for poor people and minorities in turn. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. And uh, I'll see you all then. In my previous segment, I talked about protesters getting hit by a car, about riots, and about crime skyrocketing. And once again, there's another story talking about very similar issues, but new data points. Not only do we have another story about a woman in a car, the protesters start banging on the car, and then she pushes through them. We, they, they claim that she struck them and they broke their leg or something. This lady is getting charged with like intentionally trying to hit someone in a car. That's in, I believe, North Carolina. So congratulations, lady. You live in these cities. This is what happens when you don't pay attention. You will be surrounded by these psychopaths. They'll bang on your car. And if you try to escape, because in Portland, we've seen them draw weapons and smash windows. You try to escape. You're at fault. I warned you about, about this, that the police will say it is easier to beat you over the head and make you, the regular citizen, suffer than it is to deal with a violent mob of terrorists. The police will arrest you. Make no mistake. And now we're seeing murder skyrocket. If you had to guess, which city would have the highest explosion in murder rates? What would you pick? It's probably not a fair question because you've clicked the title of this video and you likely know it's Portland. 800%. And I found this fact check where it was like, conservatives are claiming murder is up 1600% in Portland. That is not true. It's only up 800%. I saw that and I was like, bravo, conservatives. Bravo. Because you forced them to fact check and report on something they would love to sweep under the rug. Black Lives Matter has failed. Support for Black Lives Matter is in the gutter, as you probably know, because of the civics data, which I can always just pull up and love to pull up. Net support for Black Lives Matter at 7%. Now, that still means there is more support than opposition, but the collapse is real. Down from the beginning of 2020, before there was like any big Black Lives Matter moment, they had 12% net support before Brianna Taylor was killed, before any of that news broke. And now we can see it's down to around 7%. Here's the story. The Fraternal Order of Police have put out some data. 
Police group knocks calls to defund police on anniversary of Floyd death. The Hill reports a top police lobbying group slammed calls to defund the police on Tuesday as criminal justice reform advocates and others marked the one year anniversary of the death of George Floyd. The National Fraternal Order of Police, which describes itself as the world's largest organization of sworn law enforcement officers, blasted calls to defund the police in multiple tweets. Joe Gamaldi, the group's national vice president, labeled the rallying cry as not a rational nor reasonable policy position, asserting murders are skyrocketing in cities that are foolish enough to try defunding the police. Joe, you are correct. And this is why I very much defended the police. I'm not happy with a lot of the things the police have done. I'm not happy with gun confiscation, which, yes, is very real. The Democrats are like, no one's coming to take your guns, bro. My guns are already like I have a bunch of guns you can't bring in certain states because they've already banned them. Yes, the Democrats aren't having Joe Biden show up at your house, take your guns. Although the ATF does this. They're doing it locally and it's smarter. It, it, it flies under the radar. Yeah. Well, I'm not a big fan of the police enforcing whatever law or whatever they're told to do. But I also recognize the world isn't rainbows and candy canes. You don't get to live in your utopia with zero police. If you're going to live in densely populated areas and you're going to live in areas with with poverty, high poverty rates, you're going to see crime and you need law enforcement. Now, I can certainly say we should have criminal justice reform. What I mean by that is Dude, if you're getting arrested because a cop thinks you've done something wrong, just shut up, keep your mouth shut, get your lawyer, make your phone call, do it, okay? You're not going to win by fighting cops. However, what we do need, I think, is more a more human approach to a lot of law enforcement. It's become too, it's become too robotic. They're like, uh, you were jaywalking, so here's your ticket. It's like, dude, come on, cut some, cut some people some slack. Take it seriously. People should should obey the, the law. But we've got to have some, you know, in terms of penalties. I see people, it's like you're being sentenced to four years for a drug charge. And I'm like, what's that going to do? Is that really going to help this person improve their life? No, you're putting them in prison for four years. Is it going to help them get off drugs? Yeah, I guess being in prison. But sometimes people in prison, they still manage to get drugs anyway. So what are we really trying to accomplish with that system? Anyway, I digress. The police are necessary but should be different, in my opinion. Instead, what we get are extremists saying abolish the police. Well, to be fair, as I often say, I live in an area with no cops, but I also live in an area that's extremely sparsely populated. So I'm responsible for myself. Joe Gamaldi says defund the police is not a rational nor reasonable policy position. Murders surging in every city who is foolish enough to try. Anyone who continues to bluster on this, answer the real question of whether you care about your community or you just want to score political points. And this is why I said, cops, stop answering calls in these areas. It seems like they did. And there's data to back it up. The FOP's official Twitter account sounded a similar note, sharing a photo of skyrocketing murder rates in Philadelphia, Minneapolis, Portland, New York, Chicago, LA, and Washington, D.C. The increase in murder rates ranged from 22% to as high as 800%. (laughs) Wow. In the group's graphic. Any guesses of what these cities have in common? The organization asked before noting that they have all turned the keys over to the defund the police mob. Look at this Portland 800. What? The funny thing about it is you're not going to tell me 
that this is coincidence. You know, the, many of these leftists are like, yeah, but in, in red states and red cities, crime is going up too. And I'm like, yeah, probably pandemic related stuff and poverty, poverty related stuff. But come on, Portland is like the bastion of Antifa defund the police. It is like a bastion is not the right word. It is the uh, it is the epicenter. It is where they were just riding the other day. So the cops having their buildings set on fire over and over again, stop answering these calls and murder is up 800%. Yikes, man. Now, here's the important thing you need to understand. Chicago is up 22%. However, Chicago's murder rate is insanely high. So that 22% may still be like 100 murders, whereas Portland's 800 could be like 200 or 100, right? So it's a comparable growth, perhaps. But I have the data, and we'll pull it up. They go on to talk about George Floyd, whatever. The FOP's comments pushing back on calls to reform police funding came as members of Floyd's families met with President Biden at the White House. Floyd's family is in D.C. on the anniversary of his death to call on lawmakers to pass police reform legislation named in his honor. The George Floyd Justice in Policing Act passed the House in March, but has stalled in the Senate amid disagreement over the issue of qualified immunity. The doctrine protects state and local government officials, including law enforcement, from liability in civil suits unless they violate a person's clearly established constitutional right. And Republicans want to keep the legal principle intact. The top negotiators of legislation reported on Monday that they remain optimistic about the prospect of reaching a compromise on the bill. When asked in a Fox News interview Saturday if removing qualified immunity doctrine would deter people from wanting to be police, Gamaldi said it would certainly impact officers wanting to take this job. Quote, I believe that there's reasonable compromises that can be made to make sure that we all move forward on a path where we want to reduce officer involved shootings in this country. It's the goal that everybody wants to reach. He emphasized, however, the need to discuss the actions of the other individual on that scene with that officer because they ultimately determine how much force an officer may or may not have to use. That is a fact. There's also, it's also a fact that there are videos of cops being bad people. One video where a guy's on the ground with his hands behind his back complying and a cop kicks him in the head. Seen the video. These videos get recycled a lot. And when they happen, those cops need to be immediately charged with a crime. If a cop runs up and punts someone's head who's already complying, charge them with a crime. However, you see the video where the ATF agent refuses to comply and the cops are like, get on the ground and they pin him on the ground. If you don't want to comply, don't be surprised when the officers use more, they escalate force to subdue you. This is what I understand about a complex society. A cop walks up to me and he says, show me your hands. I show him my hands. He says, put your hands on your head. I put my hands on my head. He says, turn around. I turn around. He then frisks me. And then I say, is there an issue officer? And he says, be quiet. I say, okay, keep my mouth shut. You know why? You have a right to remain silent and you should. And I've had these, these circumstances happen where the cops then say, sorry about that. We're looking for someone. You fit a description. My apologies. Have a good day. And you're done with it. Swallow your pride. Stop screaming and crying about the fact that sometimes police are doing an investigation. You, you, there are people, the cop will be like, you, put your hands up. I put my hands up for nothing. It's like, show me your hand. No, I'm not going to show you my. Why? We live in a free society. At least it's supposed to be. And so I understand your rights. But there's also responsibilities. Responsibilities means that if, if we have police and we ask them to do a job and that cop, you don't know what he knows. 
He may have just watched someone beat an old lady with a, with a club or, or with pistol whipper, and now he's trying to stop this person. I'd like to help that happen. I also recognize that some cops are dirty. We had reason report recently that there was a cop planting drugs on people. He got convicted of that. We need to make sure those bad guys are weeded out. But the problem is what Black Lives Matter is doing is the opposite. It's keeping the bad cops in and it's making the good cops leave. Just like with gun control. Is that how it works? They're like, we want to make guns illegal. It's like, okay, so the people who already care to abide by the law are going to be the ones restricted and the people who don't care get away with it. When they make it, about just following orders, then the people who stay in the force just follow orders. And the good cops who think, who want to, who want to actually be out there. There's a video on, on Reddit. It was great. A guy's on a motorcycle and he's lane splitting it. That is, it's when you drive in between the cars and then he drives past uh, a squad. He drives up and he sees a squad car and he's like, oh, oh no, I'm in trouble. And so the squad car's in front of him and he's on the, on the, on the side of the road. He's driving on the highway and the squad car turns his lights on motorcycle pulls over, cop pulls over, the cop gets out and he goes, I gotcha. And he's laughing. And the motorcycle guy's like, I'm sorry, man. I just, he's like, I know. And the cop goes, no, 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 you're cool, buddy. Listen, you just, you got to chill. Don't do it. I got to pull you over. Otherwise people are going to get mad. So just, just chill out. You're good. And the guy's like, thanks, bro. And that's, that's a great cop. It's a great cop. It's a great, great cop. That's what I was talking about with criminal justice reform. When somebody gets arrested and the cop's like, I don't, I don't know, I don't care, tell it to a judge. It's like, dude, what are we trying to accomplish? You want to stop a guy on a motorbike from lane splitting? You pull him over and you go, that, that, I got you. Don't do it again, bro. They're not going to do it. They may do it again later, but people still speed after getting speeding tickets. The point is, what's the best way to stop someone from doing it? The cop pulled him over, stopped, the guy stopped. The next time the guy lane splits, Hopefully a cop can do the same thing, bro. I swear I'm, I'm going to, I'm, you're getting a ticket. Don't you do it. We got to, we got to, we got to be more personable. I know there's a lot of people who believe in like harsh penalties, but clearly harsh penalties don't stop people from breaking the law. They pass these gun laws where they're like, you'll go to prison for all these years. For gun. People still go get them and they go to prison. It doesn't change anything. It just makes it harder for law abiding citizens. We want to be more of a community where people do good things because they, are worried about doing bad things. It's funny. I was talking about this. Uh, I was talking to somebody with, uh, about Singapore. If you leave litter on a table, like at a fast food restaurant, you can get a ticket. But the reason people don't is not because of the ticket. It's because other people are going to be like, yo, what are you doing, man? Like I eat here. Don't leave a mess. I saw this, this meme about in Japan, they don't hire janitors for schools. They make the kids clean the schools. And then the kids are invested in whether or not the school is clean. Because nobody wants to be the person to clean up the sludge, but you have to. So they try not to make a mess knowing the responsibility is on them. When you pass the buck onto somebody else, it's when people start, it's when they start ignoring their responsibilities. So here we go. We can see the, the, the crime is skyrocketing. Check this out. From Miss Bar, Portland murder rate up, but not 1600%. Buzz Patterson, said Portland defunded law enforcement. The murder rate is up 1,600% in a year. 1,600%. Well done, libs. We then see people saying, what did they think was going to happen? Wow, if that doesn't get your attention, nothing will. Miss Barr's analysis. Miss Barr discovered that while the murder rate in Portland is on the rise, oh, on the rise, you say, it does not appear to be up 1,600%. According to the city of Oregon crime stats, there were three homicides in the first quarter of 2020. Oh, on the rise. Offense count by category. 
assault, 2,222, uh, 2, homicide, three, human trafficking, nine, kidnapping and abduction, 17, sex offenses, 158. Here's the best part. While the city's official homicide estimates from February 2020 and later have not yet completed the quality control process, according to the Portland Police Bureau, the city recorded its 23rd homicide at the end of the first quarter of 2021. That's an increase of 766 percent, not 1600. And I see that I have to wonder, was this a clever play by conservatives tricking news organizations into fact checking something so that the fact check comes out and say, actually, it's 800 percent. Wait, and now they're reporting a crime, a murder rate increase of 800 percent. The social media post also implies the increase in homicides is due to defunding law enforcement. However, more work may be needed to verify this area. Crime rates in the city of Portland have been on the rise since 2014. In 2018, there were 26 homicides. You don't think there's a correlation between the increase in crime and defunding the police? Why Portland? Why 800%? Crime is getting bad. But in Chicago, you see it's up 22%. And that's like 80 people. That's a lot more. It's a lot more than the increase in Portland. So that's what you got to what you got to watch out for with these stats. They're like, look at these cities. Look at the, the crime increase. Chicago, 22 percent. I'm like, that's actually massive, dude. Minneapolis, 56. These are all massive. In Washington, D.C., where the crime is way higher than Portland. Portland is starting to become more like these places. Now, here's the funny thing. Let's say Portland had 10 murders last year. Then they have 100 murders next year. They say a thousand percent increase. Then next year, they have 101, and they say a 1% increase. You see how it normalizes? That's what you've got to pay attention to. Now, along with defunding the police, you also get the insanity that is people going to jail and getting charged because the extremists are out of control. Moment, two black protesters are struck by a white driver after they block her car and bang on it while marching against killing of Andrew Brown in North Carolina on George Floyd, on the anniversary of George Floyd. They say... Lisa Quinn, 41 of Greenville, faces two counts of assault with a deadly weapon with intent to kill by the use of a motor vehicle. I am not a fan of police. The bad cops are all that's left. The DAs are being propped up by extremists. And it's, if the conservatives don't realize what's happening, well, then you're in trouble. It's quite simple, isn't it? Isn't it? This woman was arrested by police. Oh, I'm just enforcing the law. I didn't write the law. The cops are the ones who are enforcing this. I watched the video. This lady didn't do anything. I mean, she may have hurt somebody, but she pulls up, they bang on her car, and she pushes through very, very slowly. What she's supposed to do, let them just beat her car and smash her windows and, and attack her. One person in Provo, Utah got shot because these extremists ran up and shot them. And it's the police who are doing the enforcing. It's the police who are making sure this woman is going to jail. A hate crime. Look at this. Investigators said they're looking the possibility of charging her with a hate crime. For what? You're driving your car, minding your own business when a group starts attacking you. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has a 
over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. ArcSeedKits.com. And you go a mile, two miles an hour, and someone falls, and they say you tried to kill them. You've been warned. Conservatives, libertarians, whatever, you've been warned. Now, the libertarians are probably against the police anyway, but conservatives, you're being warned. The cops that are here are willing to throw the, the cops that remain. Because we saw in you know, Seattle 200 cops walk out. Those are the good ones. Those are the guys who are like, no, nah, I'm not going to do this. You're not going to make me do this. I'm leaving. I, I, th- these are the cops that stand up for themselves. The cops with principles. The cops without, they say, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I'll stay. I will serve these corrupt politicians. We'll make sure this lady goes to prison. You got it. The cops could have been like, we're not arresting her. It's not going to happen. Get somebody else to do it. That's the problem we saw in, uh, uh, with Attila's gym in New Jersey. When the local cops wouldn't do it, they called in out of, out of town cops who are like, I got no problem violating your rights. And so long as those cops are the ones on the force justifying what they do, we're in trouble. But I'll tell you what, the McCloskeys, when the cop came, the cops came to confiscate their weapons, they said, don't blame the police. Don't blame them. You know, they're just doing their job. Grow a spine. You know, the McCloskeys can come out of their house with guns and say, get off my property. But then they just drop to their knees and lick the boots of the cops who are confiscating their weapons. Dude, that is spineless. To be fair, I recognize that the cops come and they're like, you look, there's a, there's a criminal investigation. We're taking your weapons. OK, you comply with the law, but you don't defend them. You don't praise them. You post their photo and say, these are the cops enforcing unconstitutional law. We have a right to defend ourselves. They are taking our weapons away. Show the cops face. Because so long as conservatives let the cops get away with this kind of stuff, they'll keep doing it. What's the downside? If the cops go up against the leftists, the leftists burn the city down. If they go up against conservatives, conservatives lick their feet. So the cops are going to be like, you're under arrest. It's easier to arrest the lady in the car than to deal with those who are attacking her in the first place. How many times I got to point out stories like this before people finally say, wow, the cops are more likely to arrest the innocent citizen as opposed to the violent mobs that are going around bashing windows and shooting people. Did this lady engage anybody? Did she seek anybody out? No. Did she drive her car into them? They ran up to her car. And when, you know, a car fights a person, typically the car wins. And for that, she's being charged with assault with a deadly weapon with intent to kill. Incredible. Seriously, you got to see the video. She barely drives. She like just ne- barely goes through and then she, she leaves. They're saying she was trying to kill people. It's going to keep happening. The DAs are far left. The cops don't care. They will come to your house and they will arrest you. And then don't be surprised when the conservatives are like, well, don't blame the police officer. They're just doing their job. <laughs> sure. I'm sure that thought will keep you warm at night while you sit in solitary confinement for trying to protect your family. So keep thinking that. Keep thinking it's not their fault for being the ones who literally took you to the gulag. Okay, not the literal gulag, but we'll see how things go. But when you're sitting in prison and you're like, it's not the cop's fault. I mean, they're just the one who brought me here. It's the system that's broken. The system only changes when you stand up against those who enforce the system. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then.